You're listening to A Conduit's Diary, a podcast featuring my diary entries as I investigate paranormal activity. This is rated explicit because I have a foul mouth and I'm kind of an asshole. Be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast so you can share. And now for episode 18, Vince the Charmer. I want to preface this story by saying that 2016 was a dark time. I was between jobs again and trying hard to make something of myself in the ghost hunting community. A desk job or a retail job wasn't in my cards. My patience is too thin and my attention span too short for that type of work. I envy people who can be kind when they want to rip someone's throat out. It's just not me. This left me with few options for work. I think I was about two weeks into starting at the rescue as an adoption coordinator because I'd managed to charm Rosa into thinking I had any people skills. I think she only kept me on because I'd promised to foster three-day-old bottle kittens. I was that eager. Things weren't going well in general. I had just moved into the townhome to avoid homelessness and swallowed down my pride at the fact that my mother owned it. In her youth, she'd invested in a few properties, most of which Stephanie happily sold for her, but the townhome became mine against my will. Going to school in Tucson was my attempt to flee my family and put up my own roots. Instead, I crawled right back to Phoenix and into the snares of my family. My only joy was playing with the animals at work and attending a bi-weekly paranormal meetup in town. It was filled with exactly the type of people you'd expect at a paranormal meetup. There was a mix of the pious, who believed demons could be banished with holy water and prayer, plus the goths, who liked a good scare, and a few in the younger crowd that just liked the stories others told. It was kind of like AA, in the sense that you sat around and told stories, and people pretended to listen. Mostly, it was a battle of one-upping between the more vocal members, while the quieter ones ate up the spooky stories. I thought it would be a networking event, honestly. I'd hoped that by introducing myself to the paranormal community, I'd get in with a group of hunters and maybe use my skills for good. I was naive enough to think that I could help people and extinguish the ghosts from their homes. I didn't have the skill yet, and by skill, I mean my own personal demon hadn't shown me how to. The first two times I went to the meeting, I was silent. I watched the others talk and argue over if cryptids are too much suspension of disbelief, and if Freddy Krueger were real, how would he be able to walk dreams? Occasionally, a ghost story would pepper in, told through the point of view of someone experiencing it, not from someone who was solving it. One member of the group was especially vocal. His name was Vince, and he had greasy black hair he slicked back against his head. He didn't yet hide the receding hairline under the fedora that he now wore everywhere, but everything else about his appearance is the same. Black clothes, ill-fitted jeans, a trench coat. He looked like the poster child for teenager about to snap, only he was in his late 20s. When he told stories, when he argued, he did so with his entire body. Maybe that's why I was drawn to him, why I couldn't stop watching him as he pantomimed a demon that tried to drag him into a Ouija board. That was part of it, too. His stories were so outlandish, but he clearly believed them. He told them with such gusto, there's no way you couldn't believe him. During one of his most heated stories, he broke into an argument with another member, Greg. 
But he was a vocal opponent for all of Vince's theories and stories. What, are you going to warn us to say goodbye afterwards? Greg smirked as Vince waved his arms. Vince halted in his story just a millisecond, enough for Greg to know he'd gotten under his skin. Are you a non-believer in the spirit board? Vince asked, deadly serious. The crowd murmured. Come on, you really think some game printed by a toy company can contact spirits? You've watched too many mainstream horror movies. That was the real kick. The idea that Vince was lowbrow enough to watch Ouija in all of its iterations instead of the B-side shit most of these others here watched. Vince's nostrils flared and his eyes didn't blink. I didn't realize you were so naive as to think you could keep the other side at bay, he retorted. The tension was palpable in the air and I sucked in a breath. I really only came to these meetings now to watch showdowns between the vocal members, especially since I couldn't afford cable. They also offered free snacks, and I couldn't stomach another night of ramen noodles. You're right, go on about how you used a children's game to banish a real-life demon, Greg pressed, leaning forward with the same intensity. Probably the same way Greg manages to banish his ex-girlfriends with his personality, I whispered to the girl next to me. I picked an inopportune moment, because the group was dead silent as I said it, and I said it too loud. Everyone's head snapped to me. The girl next to me tried to hide her fit of laughter without success. Vince raised an amused eyebrow at me, while Greg fumed. I don't remember all of what he said, but the gist of it was, get out and never come back. I was too angry about missing out on the snacks to be sad, so my departure made me look way more calm and collected than I felt. If I'd gotten some snacks, I probably would have cried at the public banishment. Vince caught up with me outside. Hey, what's your name? He asked. Rachel, I told him. He nodded. Rachel, cool. Uh, why are you in the group? He asked. It occurred to me that I'd been going to the meetings for almost six months and had never spoken. Oh, I've been wanting to get a foot in the paranormal world. You know, research and stuff. Ghost hunting, he pressed, raising an eyebrow. I nodded. Yeah, ghost hunting. He frowned and tapped his jaw. You have any special skills? I hesitated a heartbeat before saying, you could say that. He eyed me up and I realized how suggestive that sounded. Well, I'd like to see those special skills in action. He reached into his wallet and produced a business card. Phoenix Paranormal Pals. I cringed at the name but put the business card in my pocket. Tomorrow night we've got a place we're investigating downtown. I'd love for you to come. Maybe we could catch dinner beforehand? The next night I was seated across from Vincent Hanny's, a favorite restaurant of mine downtown. It used to be a grocery store or something. They converted it into a restaurant but kept a lot of the weird shit. Downstairs had a cage filled with creepy dolls and surrounded by coins that people flicked at them. The bathrooms? Well, that was his own retro oddity. It was supposed to be haunted. Vince was shoveling pizza in his mouth without really chewing, chugging a cocktail in between breaths. He was detailing some sort of haunting they investigated the week before, seeming to forget that I'd heard this exact same story in the group just the night before. I smiled politely, unable to tear my eyes away from the absolute massacre that was his eating. Sweetheart, he called to the waitress. I cringed and gave her an apologetic look. That was met with a blank stare. Can I have another? He tapped the edge of his cocktail. As I was saying, he said, turning to me, the demon was let into this world through the Ouija board, and it was possessing the youngest son. It was pretty easy to get him back, you know, through the board. You trapped him in it? I asked. Oh, no, 
He laughed with condescension. The Ouija board is a portal. I was able to shove him to the other side, back where he belonged. He took another shoveling bite of his pizza, the last piece, and wiped his hands on the napkin in his lap. You'll learn a bit about the paranormal. I'll show you some tricks tonight, he added with a wink that made my stomach churn. Why was I at this dinner again? Oh, that's right. I wanted an exposure to the paranormal world. A way in. No, I wasn't so sure. So uh, tell me about this haunting, I said instead. He nodded. Right, so there's this bar down the road. Well, it used to be a bar, like three times. Every time it gets shut down because weird things happen. Workers have reported glasses shattering, things moving through the air, the usual stuff. I think it's a demon. A demon? I echoed. Why was it always a demon with him? Oh yeah, don't worry though. I'll protect you. Another wink, another lurch of my stomach. If he hadn't offered to pay for the dinner, I would have stopped eating then, but pure stubbornness let me push through my nausea. I was going to eat this damn dinner if it killed me. Well, what makes you think it's a demon? I asked. He shook his head. Just the type of energy it exudes. It's very dark. You'll realize it too tonight. The waitress brought him his drink with a curt smile, and he said, that'll be all. Check, please. The bar was just a few blocks down the road, in the middle of what was a vibrant part of the nightlife. We met the small group of fellow paranormal investigators, each with their own unique role. It was obvious that Vince was the showman. The rest were just here to document. I tried to cozy up to one of the audio tech people to ask questions about what equipment they used, but she was close-lipped. It was a secret, she said unkindly. I had the sneaking suspicion I wasn't the first girl to tag along on one of these hunts. The owner of the bar met us at the front door and let us in. Inside was swanky, in a predictable way. Mason jar lights hanging from bare rods, a butcher block countertop, a handwritten menu on a blackboard behind the bar. It had some single word name I can't remember. I also didn't recognize the name of any of the drinks, even though the ingredients were pretty familiar. Are you Vince? The owner asked, looking over Vince's outfit. It was a little more outlandish than at the meetings, with a vest paired over his black attire and his fedora that now had a feather in it. Yes, sir. Nice to meet you, Vince said, as he breezed in and waved over the rest of the crew. The owner stepped back to let everyone through and closed it quickly behind us. I was the last one in, scooting behind the rest of them quickly. Vince went through some elaborate speech about how they were going to clear the negative energy, blah, 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 blah. The rest of the crew set up shop, putting cameras up around the edges of the store. The owner directed him to several hot spots. This is where a lot of the stuff felt like they were being watched or they were pushed, he said. The crew sat up as he pointed things out. Then, it was showtime. Vince stood in the middle of the room with below-par lighting, a small microphone attached to his Vince. I'm Vince, and you're watching Phoenix Paranormal Pals. Today, we're investigating a bar in the heart of downtown. This bar has a host of mean-spirited ghosts, and we're going to find them. The scenes were something out of a B-movie. Vince crept through the rooms, intentionally darkening them with minimal lighting. At one point, he pulled out a recorder and spoke into it. Who dwells here? He yelled into the empty room. My eyes darted around, waiting to catch sight of anyone. Anything. To my disappointment, I saw nothing. I did, however, catch some structural issues that would explain the phenomenon. Hey, I whispered to one of the camera girls, pointing to the vibrating wall that had shelf after shelf of drinks on it. I think the AC unit is causing the glasses too. She shot me a death glare and put her finger up to her lips hush let him work she hissed i slipped back in the hall and sure enough there was an ac unit right against the wall i frowned 
But when I returned to the room, Vince was replaying the tape. To my utter surprise, a voice answered Vince's on the tape. I blinked. Was my ability to hear ghosts not inclusive of what could be caught on an EVP? I guess I'd never tried. I never needed to. I looked around again, trying to catch any sight of the ghost in question. The voice that answered back was male, gravelly, and disjointed. Who dwells here? Vince's voice called. A pause, then. Go away. The bar owner gasped. The crew didn't so much as flinch. What do you want? Came Vince's voice, clearly captured as I'd slunk through the halls. Another pause, then. Go away. The voice was exactly the same. So much so that I frowned. Who spoke like that? So perfect in the repetition. Pretty impressive, I murmured to the camera girl. She nodded, looking less annoyed than with my previous statement. Easy stuff, she said. Vince circled them along dramatically to another room, leaving the recorder on the ledge in the room. I hung back, making sure everyone left, before grabbing the tape. I turned the volume down and played the tape back. Vince's voice repeated itself. And then it went on. Long after Vince yelled, What do you want? came another phrase. How do we get rid of you? The gravelly voice returned a beat later. I snapped the tape off just as one of the camera crew peeked his head into the room. Ah, there it is, he said, motioning me to follow. I frowned again and followed after him. I hate to admit it, but Vince taught me more than he realized that night. Motion sensors that could be tripped by dust, lenses that intentionally distorted images, EVPs that were made up. In the end, he had suggested for the owners on how to get rid of the ghosts. That wall, the one you hang your drinks, it used to be where an altar stood. Move your drinks off the wall and don't put anything up there, not even a painting. It won't taunt him to react again, he told the owner. My eyes went to the same wall I diagnosed with an AC problem previously. Well, that would certainly fix it. The night ended with a similar set of revelations, practical answers to his supernatural problems. The bar owner was generous with his praise and promised a follow-up interview for Vince's special. Well, YouTube special, since Vince didn't have a TV show yet. Only a matter of time, he told me when I asked. That was impressive, I told him as the rest of the crew cleaned up. He patted the top of my hand. Don't worry, one day you'll get the tricks of the trade, how to lure out ghosts. I blinked at him. Lure out ghosts? Half the issues he had were structural. You knew that. That's why you... He cut me off with a death glare that made me stop in my tracks. I don't know what you thought you saw, he said angrily, crossing his arms over his chest. But this is the work of a real ghost hunter, not some groupie who wishes she could get into the biz. Groupie? I said, feeling my voice raise an octave as I spoke. I thought you were going to show me something impressive, not swindle a business owner. With that, I turned on my heels and marched away to my car, far away from Vince and his crew. Fine, I didn't think you were that attractive anyway. While the debacle with Vince was an epic low, it was the start of something for me. Vince was wildly popular in Phoenix, and his reach was expanding. While he flew above the radar, I could fly below it, and I could follow up behind his actual hauntings and clean up his messes. Not every haunting had to be fake, right? Right? 
A Conduit's Diary is created by me, written and produced by me, mixed horribly and edited by me. Cover art created by BMC Design on Fiverr. Music, intro and outro created by Chris Hornberger.